Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I am back from Greece. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, we got one last preview to do. We have gone through with a lot of friends and talked about a lot of different teams, and we got to talk about all of them together right now. Are you ready to preview the whole conference? After a week away, I hardly recognize you. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I got a little bit red. I got some color. Um, you know, there's like beaches and stuff in Greece that we went to. Um, it was real sunny and hot. But yeah, I, I, I am a new man, Mike. I'm a new man. But most importantly, you found that brewery that Matt Trogdon was telling you about. So I sure as hell did. The Santorini Brewing Company. Uh, and I, I met their donkey and everything. It was great. Uh, and that's not a euphemism. They actually have a donkey there. So uh, and he was very nice. I got to pet him on his nose. So you weren't talking about their jackass of a manager. Or you were actually talking. Hey, about hey, nah, nah, it was cool. Cool. Um, yeah, Mike, I, I'm back. Uh, I saw that you did some great work while I was gone previewing the last couple of teams. At the very least, I did mediocre work. But hey, this podcast is nothing if not mediocre work. Hey, so hey. what more can what more can the people ask for? There you go. There you go. So, Mike, we have officially previewed all of our teams by now. Um, we are ready to talk about the conference as a whole. And it's it's funny as, as you go through and do this, uh, I, I put together a whole spreadsheet trying to map out like a grid of who's going to beat who in conference games and um, trying to predict records. And thinking back to I'm pretty sure I picked basically every team in the conference to be bowl eligible in all the previews. And that's just like not mathematically possible. Right. So, you know, this is going to be uh, interesting to say the least. Don't don't uh don't do any fact checking on our uh, our team previews here, please. Yeah, definitely don't do fact checking. Uh, this is me going on the record with my picks now for the year. This is it here. So I don't care what I said in each individual podcast uh, with the season previews. This is it. This is. Uh, you know, pen's going to paper on this too. I'm working on an article for inside the ACC, Joey. I'm writing down the picks as I tell them to you tonight. So here you go. You're the first one get, that gets to hear them. And everybody out there will get to hear them and read about them too. Well, there you go. You, you are going to be held accountable here. Uh, basically what Mike's saying is if you want to uh, keep, you know, come back to us at the end of the year and, and give us grief about how wrong we were, this is the podcast you're going to want to bookmark. Um, because we're, we're going to deep dive into where everybody's going to finish, give you a lot of picks. We're going to talk about win totals for all these teams. Uh, so, again, at long last, we're going to preview the conference here. And, Mike, let's start with our division standings. So after previewing all these teams, um, let's start with the – I'm going to say we start with the Coastal Division. It's a little more jumbled than the, uh, the Atlantic. But let's start with the Coastal Division and talk through where we have teams, uh, you know, slated to finish here. 
Um, let's start from the bottom. Seventh, last place in the Coastal. Who you got? North Carolina. Four Ooh. and eight record. Two and six in the conference. I have North Carolina. Not high on the heels. All right. Uh, uh, actually, well, to be to be honest, I, I don't know who I'm high on and who I'm not high on, but that's what I'm going with. Yeah, that's fair. It's Like I said, this is going to be a bit of a jumble. Um, me, seventh in the Coastal, I've got your Virginia Cavaliers. Um, I got them at 0-8 in conference and 3-9 and overall. That is a bit of a downgrade from talking to Matt Trogdon. And, and again, I, I look at that and I'm, I'm a little skeptical of my own work, thinking that they're going to lose every single conference game, especially with some intriguing quarterback play and everything. But A little skeptical of your own work. That is me always. <laughs> Phenomenal. I, I am. Let's just say this: I'm, I'm not very cocky when it comes to uh, when it comes to judging my own stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go three and nine for Virginia, winless in conference, and um, you know maybe more like four and eight or something. But uh, not not loving the Cavaliers coming this year. Uh, Mike, who you got at six? I got your Virginia Cavaliers. They're not. They're my, they're not. They're yours, not mine. Uh, they're not any of ours. Thank God. <laughs> Um, I have them at five and seven and two and six in the conference as well. So not great. All right. Uh, my number six is, uh, your Carolina Tar Heels. Oh, good. So, um, I've got them at six and six. I got them at six and six, making a bowl game three and five in conference. Um, there's a, a lot of teams here in the middle that are all kind of looking very similar to me in a lot of ways. Um, I've got North Carolina rebounding from last year going six and six. Um, three and one out of conference might be a little bit wishful, but you know, I, we'll say they can do it. Um, I could see anywhere between five and seven and seven and five for them, honestly, but I, I don't, I don't think it's going to, um, get up much better than that. Number five, I've got the Duke blue devils, Mike. Oh, do you? I do. I, I am not super high on Duke either. Um, you and Justin did a nice preview of them. I, I've got them at two and two out of conference. They got a really tricky out of conference schedule. I got them at three and five in conference, and that makes them six and six in bowl eligible. Um, but again, three and five leaves them at uh, leaves them at number five in the division. Um, not really being done any favors with a cross divisional matchup against Clemson. Totally fair. I have Pittsburgh fifth in the Coastal, six and six record, four and four in conference play. I have a feeling you you and I are going to do this little dosy do all the way up the ladder here. Um, oh, we are. Um, yeah, number four, I've got Pittsburgh, uh, four and four in conference, six and six overall, two and two out of conference. And that's that might be a little bit wishful um, games against UCF, Penn State. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a tough, uh, tough sledding out of conference, we'll say. Um, yeah, Pitt six and six. I again, I, I don't know. I don't I don't love Pitt. I don't love what Pat Narduzzi has been doing, but, you know, maybe he'll prove me wrong. Uh, the Dosey Doe continues at number four in the coastal. I have the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, seven and five, four and four in conference play. That means they're going three and one in a low key, tricky non conference schedule. That's fair. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't love it for either of these teams. But I mean, basically, what I've ended up with, I've got three teams finishing at six and six in the coastal. Um, and that's in the bottom. The bottom four, three of them go six and six, all bowl eligible. I think that's kind of what we're looking at. And we, we were talking a little bit before we came on here. Again, the, the standings this year, you could probably compare them to about 10 years ago, and they might 
the, a lot of the records might look kind of similar to what you're used to seeing of again a bunch of six and six, seven and five ACC teams. But I will say that I think that the quality at this point is significantly higher than it used to be. So not necessarily a slight, just that all these teams have elevated their game, and as a result, now they're all elevated, but still kind of in the same plane. So it's it is what conference. it is. It's it's a deep conference. I think that that'll be clear this season. Like there will be a lot of really good football teams going six and six and seven and five, just because there are other good football teams they'll be playing against in conference play. And I think that's the easiest way to kind of slice it up as far as we know right now as, as the season gets underway. Yeah. Uh, Mike, who you got at number three, your Georgia tech yellow jackets. They are mine. They are. They, they are indeed yours. Um, <laughs> I was back and forth on this all day as far as record prediction is concerned. I have them at seven and five overall, four and four in conference play. Like I told you before we hit record, I could easily see them going eight and four. Um, it's just a bru- it's a brutal schedule. So I'm just gonna lean a little bit more conservative and say seven and five. Yep, and in seven and five and four and four in conference is where I have your Virginia Tech Hokies. There they are. There they are, number three in the division. Um, rebuilding year on the defense, uh, a little bit of, of lack of, I haven't really seen it yet from the offense under Justin Fuente, uh, but getting Josh Jackson back, you know, as a sophomore, even, you know, just growing up from a, being a freshman last year, they could be better, but um, I'm going to put Virginia Tech at seven and five uh, and number three in the division. And that's of course behind my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets at number two. Uh, I've got them at I I do have them at eight and four. I'm um, going five and three in conference, um, finishing second in the Coastal Division. I think they should be better than last year. They're they're getting a lot of guys back. They a lot of those games that they lost last year were a play away from being won, or even fractions of a play. In the case of you know if, if a tip ball in the Miami game goes the right way or something like that, I mean that's a win. So. I think they'll get it right this year. I'm going to go eight and four for my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, even though that includes a loss to your Hokies, Mike, actually. Fair enough. Uh, number two, I have my Virginia Tech Hokies, eight and four, five and three. So let's flip a coin on BT and Georgia Tech. I think they're pretty much in the same boat. Pretty much all these teams. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Um, the fact that five and three is good enough for second in the division, I think, is uh, is kind of telling here. Yes. We'll say that. Yes, completely telling. Which means there's only one team and one team left, and it's a team that both of us despise. That's right. The official selection to win the Coastal Division from the We Hate Miami podcast is none other than the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, I got them. I got them at ten and two, seven and one in conference, uh, three and one out of conference. I'm going to go ahead and predict a loss to LSU in the opening game, for what it's worth. Um, not getting the, uh, not getting the warm fuzzies on that one, but yeah, 10 and two for me, Mike, where you have them. I have them at 10 and two as well. Uh, a little bit different from my prediction with cam when I had them at 11 and one. Um, I think they'll beat LSU because I have them at six and two in conference play. Um, hard to imagine Miami losing more than two games. I, I think they have too much talent, but I can see them losing two because they nearly lost like four last year. Um, I mean, obviously they lost three if you include the bowl game, but they nearly lost like three or four in the regular season. Um, so I got them at 10 to six and two uh, in conference play. I do think the margin for error with Miami this year is a lot greater than it was last year. But Malik Rozier is still the quarterback. So, um, I, you know, I, I you need a lot of margin for error with him. You, you're going to need some margin for error um, unless he just 
finds a magic potion like John Wolford did and just becomes more consistent because if he's more consistent, Miami's going to be really good, like really, really good. And if he's just kind of average, I think they'll go 10 and two and still win the coastal. So Miami's got a really good team hinges on Malik Rozier one way or another hurricanes will be good. They should be in Charlotte. I've been thinking more about Miami over the last couple of weeks, Mike. And one of the things that came to mind is that this is, to me, it's kind of increasingly looking more and more like the Mark Rick teams that I got used to at Georgia. And I'll say that that's a good thing, but not a great thing. Um, and that's, again, kind of indicative of what he was at Georgia was good, but not great. Um, they, they struggled to get over the top a lot of the time. You know, you look at the, the way that they won, um, you know, so many tight games, even though they had a talent advantage last year, pretty clearly. Um, you look at the way that he's handling the quarterback situation, just kind of like I said he would, and like Cam didn't like that I said he would, but is coming around and, and you know, not liking it anymore. Like, it would not shock me for an, like an outstandingly talented Miami team to go like eight and four, you know, to underperform, lose a couple of games they shouldn't lose, you know, lose to like Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech, you know, or something like that. That's a totally feasible thing that could happen. Um, that would be pretty trademark of Mark Rick teams is to underperform the talent level. So I will say that that's on the table. I'm not predicting that again. We both have them at 10 and 2. We got to win in the Coastal Division. I, I don't think there's anything to worry about, but. Uh, just, you know, keep that in mind. It could happen. You never know. Yeah, might be um, hoping for it even. Mike, we, I, I totally blanked on this as we were going through. We got to look against the win totals here. Oh, boy. Um, so let's start again from the bottom of the win totals. Virginia at five. You going over or under? Um, I push, apparently. Five and seven. So I guess, you know, technically going over? I don't know. I, yeah. I, mean, I, have, I have it five and seven. So. If I if I was gonna put money on that, which first of all I probably wouldn't. Second yeah. of all, if I Don't was going that. to, if if you you know handed me a ten dollar bill, put a gun to my head, and said, "Hey, go bet this on Virginia's win total," I would probably bet under, thinking that the worst I was gonna do is a push. I, I don't know that they're gonna do any better than five and seven in my mind. Um, again, I've got them at three and nine. Uh, North Carolina at five. I've got them as a slight over. I've got them six and six. Um, I don't mind the over on North Carolina here. Uh, well, you I do. Pick North Car- I I pick North Carolina go four and eight, but I am not betting money on that. So, yeah, yeah. I I say I don't mind it. That is not like an endorsement or anything here. Um, uh, yeah, like like you said, another one that I would not bet. I would leave that uh, alone. Key difference between I don't mind it and I would bet it. Um, yes, two completely different things. Totally. Um, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech, both at five and a half. Uh, oh boy. Well, I over, I guess got pit at six and six and there goes my magazine. I got pit in six and six and Georgia Tech at seven and five. So I'll take the over on both of those games. I'm leaving it alone with Pittsburgh. Yeah. I've got them slightly over. I've got them at six and six as well, but again, don't uh, bet it. Yeah. Don't bet that. Leave that alone. Georgia Tech five and five. Uh, yes, hard over. Bet it. Over. Hard over. They won five games last year in like the the most unlucky way possible, and they bring back basically everyone. And they should be fixing the defensive scheme that was a massive issue. So, uh, yeah, hard over on Georgia Tech five and a half. I think I've seen it a couple places even up to six. I would still go over on that. I don't see a way that they lose. They go less than six and six this year. It, the worst you're going to do there is a push. And if they go five and seven, it's shocking. 
to me. Once again, bookmark this podcast and come back to it in a couple of months because when they go four and eight, just let me know. Um, I'll, I'll be on social media. I'm going to rate and review the podcast. It's not going to be good. I will actually intentionally not be on social media if they go like four and eight. So you won't be able to find me. That's fine. Anyways. But uh, I will be. So. Oh, yeah. Mike totally will be. Uh, Duke at six and a half. I've got a slight under here. I, I'm leaving this alone, though. I have them at seven and five. I'm not betting it. Yeah, leave that alone. Virginia Tech, eight and a half. Under. Under. I agree with that. Under. This is one of the of the of the coastal division. This is maybe my second favorite bet. It's it's one of the best bets. Um nine and three essentially means that Virginia Tech doesn't drop a game that they should win. So i.e. like Georgia Tech last year, um Syracuse two years ago. Um, those types of games, like Virginia Tech's laid an egg in each of the first two years under Justin Fuente, even though they've had some pretty good teams. So you're essentially banking on them upsetting one of uh, Notre Dame, Miami, or Florida State and not dropping any other games. Um, Including a road trip to Pittsburgh that you've talked, you know, all a whole lot about. Literally won there once ever, and that was two years ago. Um, there are a lot of losable games on the schedule for Virginia Tech. Duke, the week before Notre Dame, on the road, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, under. Under. That new defense is going to get Boston College at home, luckily, and late in the year, luckily. But last year, they uh, they got Boston College, beat them 23-10 to in Chestnut Hill, but uh, I think that was right before Boston College totally caught fire. So. Yeah, again, I, I, that's there's a lot of landmines on that schedule that I don't love anything, you know, more than eight games for Virginia Tech. So I would pretty, I'd feel pretty good about betting the under there. Uh, last one, Miami at 10. We've uh, both got a push there. Uh, we got a push there, but I, if I were betting, I would bet the over. I think it's more likely that Miami goes better than 10 and 2. Um, 10 and two or better, I guess, than it is for them to go less than that. Like I would be pretty surprised if this team loses three games. I will say though, that I'm on record saying that this, this team could end up, I feel like anywhere between eight and four and 11 and one. Um, I I think there's a lot of range here. Um, Yeah. If I was betting it, I I would probably bet the over, but I, I wouldn't, I don't feel great about it again. I'm, I'm still a little bit weary of what Mark Rick teams have been in the past. So, um, yeah, I maybe bet the over, but probably leave it alone. So that maybe the two, the two bets that we like here, Georgia Tech over, Virginia Tech under. Ironic. Um, they're both yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that covers that. All right, Mike, to the Atlantic. Seventh uh, place in the Atlantic. Who you got? Your Syracuse Orange. My Syracuse Orange. That is correct. Yours. Um the Eric Dungy truther himself. Uh, <laughs> I have Syracuse at five and seven, almost a bowl team. I am at five and seven, two and six in the conference. I'm still not feeling it with the orange. Like I want to, but I just can't. I've got him at four and eight. I got him at one and seven in conference. It's, it's not pretty. Um, I think that's again, a little bit of a downgrade, like maybe a one game downgrade from what I had in the, the team preview, but yeah, I'm going four and eight in conference with the Orange. That's the third straight year under Dino Babers. I, I wonder if this is going to work at all with him. We'll see. Um, their win total, by the way, six. 
feel pretty good about the under on that, Mike. I would take the under. Yeah, I am. I don't think Syracuse now. If, assuming this is not including bowl games, assuming this is just regular season, I'd be shocked if Syracuse wins seven games this year. I don't do not see that happening. Uh, you know, I think at worst you're going to have a push there. So yeah, that's my thought as well. Uh, number six. Number six, your Wake Forest Demon Deacons. The Steamin Deeks. Still a ball team with Kendall Hinton, even for, you know, nine twelfths of the season. Yeah. Uh, six, six and six, three and five in ACC play. I think they figure it out. I, I do. I, I think they figure it out and find a way, even though they're not going to, they're going to be starting a true freshman for the first three games of the year, a quarterback. I think they figure it out and get to a bowl game, six and six. I've got them sixth as well, but I, I have them at four and eight. I've got them at two and six in conference. They've got a bit of a, a messy out of conference schedule as well. I've got them two and two out of conference. Um, I, I yeah, I, I think that between replacing as much or yeah, replacing the quarterback, um, having Kendall Hinton suspended a few games, uh, the defense was not good through last year. Like it visibly got worse throughout the season. All of this, uh, not not feeling it with the Demon Deacons this year. Um, so give me four and eight. The um, the win total there is six, Mike. Again, I, I think it's another situation. I would lean under, um, but I mean, again, Dave Dorn has outperformed uh, expectations, like pretty much, or excuse me, Dave Clawson. Uh, sorry, name that North Carolina name Dave. That, name that Dave. Yeah. Name that Dave. Uh, he's outperformed expectations there. I said two and two out of conference. That includes a loss at home against Notre Dame and also a loss opening week at Tulane. So, I mean, five and seven is there, and maybe they win another one in conference, you know, finish three and five or something. But I don't know they're going to be any better than six and six here. A uh, little off topic. You know what game I'm really going to miss? Which one? Name that quadri. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. We had a good run. We had a good run yeah. with that. Four went out for a fallen homie. That's um, right. I would also lean under with Wake. I have a hard time seeing them going better in six and six. At the very worst, you get a push there. What the hell? Let's let's lean under. That's that's where I'm at with uh, both those two bottom teams in the Atlantic. Uh, Mike, fifth in the Atlantic. I've got my Louisville Cardinals, seven and nice. five, four and four. Nice, six and six, three and five. I also have Louisville. All right, all right. Their win total is seven. I'm probably leaving that alone. I've, I've got them chalked up as a push, but I don't – that could kind of go either way for me. This could be like a 5-7 and seven team. It could be like an 8-4 and four team. Uh, yeah, and, I man, I just keep thinking back to our podcast a couple of weeks ago with Ethan Moore. And mm-hmm. I, re- I really want Louisville to be good. Like, now I, I'll be openly rooting for Louisville to be good this year because, I mean, I want Ethan Moore to be happy. You know? Oh yeah. Um, well, and Bobby Petrino is such a likable guy. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, truth be told, he's a little bit of an asshole, but that's okay. <laughs> six Tell and me six. How you really feel, Mike? <laughs> six and six, three and five, fifth place. They still make a bowl game. Uh, hey, Bobby Petrino gets his pocket passer. Would you want pass? That's more his speed. Truth be told, once again. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Ethan definitely hyped us up on Louisville this year. Um, you know, it could happen. I'm still, I'm still a little bit weary of our favorite defensive coordinator in the league. Um, that being the, for those that didn't listen uh, to the uh, individual team preview, 
Mike and I have decided that uh, Brian Van Gorder, now the defensive coordinator at Louisville, is going to be uh, referred to only as the notorious BVG. Um, and don't so, worry, we, we still have an award named after him. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. But, uh, you know, whatever the offense is going to gain in replacing Lamar Jackson, question mark, uh, I have a feeling that they're just not going to get anything in, in – Van Gorder that they anything better than what they got from Peter Sherman, um, which is which are fighting words, frankly. God, um, you you hope they're better. I mean, we yeah. told we told Ethan as much, right? I mean, we told him. Mm-hmm. He said, "Hey, man, you're scaring me with Van Gorder," and I said, "He's got to be better than Peter Sherman. Like, he's got to be better." Um, I don't know how much better. He's got to be a little better. Yeah, they were embarrassingly bad last year on defense. Awful. I've got him at seven and five, four and four in conference. Um, we'll see. Maybe it'll be better. Uh, number four, I, I, um, you know, I, I've, I'm surprised that I, I went here, but I'm going with the Boston College Eagles. Me too. We have been hyping them up all off season, and now I've got them at eight and four. Yep. Well, when you got to put pen to paper, I have them at seven and five. Um, Oof. Wow. That's a step back. Seven and five, four and four. Um, where are your five losses on that schedule? Ooh, let's pull the schedule up, shall we? We shall. We shall. Talk for a second. Fill some time. Um, so I've got them at five and three in conference. I've got losses Florida State, Clemson, and NC State. Um, if I remember, I'm trying to remember if it was uh, this one with Dan Rubin that there were a couple of schedule quirks that I really didn't like with the Eagles. Um, for what it's worth, I do have them going to Blackbird winning uh, in November. Um, let's see. Losses. Losses them- on the road at NC State. Loss at Florida State in November. Loss at home to Clemson the week before that, also in November. So, yeah, it's a couple of really rough road games. And then home against Clemson, I've got them losing. I have them losing at Purdue out of conference, um, which – I, I mean, I don't know. Purdue's going to be okay. So I have them losing at Purdue out of conference, essentially going three and one in their out of conference schedule. Um, and then I have four losses in conference play. Uh, name those four. I don't know. Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and either NC State or Virginia Tech, I guess. Oh, wow. I didn't realize I had them beating Miami. Yeah, I totally do. Um, yeah, that's right. I got Boston College beating Miami. What's up? Sup, Canes um, fans? Yeah, come get it. Uh, yeah, I had them losing to Purdue as well. I got them 3-1 out of conference, and, man, Purdue is like the only worthwhile team on that out-of-conference schedule. UMass, Holy Cross, Purdue, Temple. Um, only road game there being at Purdue. So, yeah, I'll go 3-1 and one, um, with, with a loss on the road at Purdue, and that's even – I mean, that, that's, a, that's not a game that I feel great about them losing either. I, I just could very easily see them winning. So, um, yeah, I'll go – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with 8-4, and four, but, again, I think there's plenty of upside as we've talked about all this offseason. Uh, speaking of 8-4, I have NC State going 8-4, and four, finishing third in the ACC Atlantic. 8-4, and 5-3 and three in conference. Before we get to that real quick, Mike, Boston Ooh. College's win total in Vegas? Dude, this is like free money, I feel like. And, and that's – Dangerous, dangerous thing to say about Boston College win total, but it is five and a half. I've got them at eight and four with upside at nine and three or ten and two even. Five and a half? <laughs> Famous last words. 
Yeah. This is free money. Betting. Uh, yeah. Free money. Talking about a Steve Adazio coach team. Yes. Uh, dudes or Scott- are at least six, Mike. Uh, yeah. Free money. Talking about a Scott Leffler coached offense. Um, Oof. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, I I also, any second yeah i got the over five and a half i i'm with you it seems like free money i would be shocked if bc wins missed a bowl game teams. missed a bowl game with with aj dillon at running back they miss a bowl game you better friggin not <laughs> yeah um all their the talent upside, on defense plus potential upside with anthony brown if he can actually like do something against like actual competition this game this team is like a like a noteworthy passing game or not even noteworthy, like a functional passing game away from being like a nine and three team. I think. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. You look at the run game and the defense. Yeah. It's all there. Like they can do five and a half. I don't, I don't get that. I feel like somebody knows something I don't, which is suspicious. Um, All right. Back to number three, you've got NC state. Yeah. Hard over on Boston college, by the way. Yeah. NC state eight and four. Uh, five and three in conference. I essentially have them losing one non-conference game, which basically amounts to the West Virginia game. Mm-hmm. And, and they could win that. Um, they could win that and still find a way to go eight and four, hundred percent. But mm-hmm. anyway, throw out the, throw out the conference records because like there's too much uncertainty. Like if you just NC State seems like an eight and fourteen to me. I've got them losing to West Virginia as well out of conference. Um, even though that's a home game, that's your third game out the gate with a rebuilding defense against West Virginia's offense. You're going to have to score a lot of points in that game. Um, you're going to have to score at least like 40 points, I think, to win that game. Uh, so could be done, uh, but I don't feel great about it. Um, yeah, five and three in conference, eight and four for me, but I've got them actually second in the division, and that's because of a, a win I have over the number three team which is Florida State. Ooh. I've got Florida State at eight and four, five and three in conference as well. Um, so the Knowles, I, I think this could be one of those you know weird years. I've got them losing to Miami, losing to Clemson, losing to NC State. Again, five and three, that should be fine. Um, bit of a rough out-of-conference slate, but it's splitting Notre Dame and Florida, I think. Um, and, and outside of that, so you get to eight and four. Um, the Knowles at seven and a half – um, I would lean over. I would feel fairly good about betting the over, I guess, but I would not. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if you lost that and they, they went seven and five. Or I don't think they'll go six and six. So I, I would, I would, I would lean over on that, but not nearly in the free money range. Uh, totally. I mean, totally fair. Um, I mean, I, I have Florida State second, nine and three, six and two. Um, I don't know. I, I really like the Seminoles game. I, I just I just the more I the more I study them and and look at their roster and look at what they got returning and looks like DeAndre Francois is going to be the starter and people seem to forget he was a, a dark horse Heisman candidate last year, mm-hmm. um, at least in the preseason. He was uh he was a guy that a lot of people were talking about um, for that prestigious award. I mean, it all came crashing down when he got hurt in the opener against Alabama, but people forget how talented Francois is. Um, look, if he's the quarterback, they they got skill position talent. Cam Akers is outstanding at running back. He's going to break out this year for sure um, and be one of the top running backs in the conference. 
the the schedule sets up nicely. I, I mean, I, I think they can go nine and three if they can get past Virginia Tech in the opener, which they get at home. I think they'll win that game at home. Um, it, it's it's a tough game to open with because, uh, you know, Virginia Tech's a tough team, but you get them at home, you get past that game. It could be relatively smooth sailing uh, until, you know, you hit Miami and Clemson later in the year. So I like Florida State, nine and three, six and two in conference. Yeah, I think there's major upside there. I, I would say upside is probably like 10 and two or something like that. Um, again, I think it, at worst, this unless there's some, you know, weird act of God injuries, something or other that happens. Um, I, I would say this bottoms out at like seven and five for Florida State. So going over seven and a half, I would feel pretty good about. Um, NC State, again, I've got them second uh, beating Florida State and, and so winning by virtue of the tiebreaker, uh, five and three in the ACC, eight and four overall. Um, you had them at number three. Win total on them is seven. Even as somebody who has them at eight and four and could get a push with seven and five, I don't feel great about betting this NC State team, honestly. I, I'm still a little bit weary of Dave Doran, given that last year was as talented as a team as NC State's ever had, and they go nine and four. And I mean, that, that was the best you could do. And now you got to replace all this NFL talent on your defense and everything. It's like, there's a lot of pieces in place, especially on the offense uh, to score a lot of points and be really good. But I just don't see how you, you improve as a team with all you lost on defense. Uh, I mean, they're only returning three starters on that side of the ball. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not touching the bat. Um, I, I think NC State, because of their offense, because they have Ryan Finley, I think they find a way to get eight or nine wins. Like, I think that's reasonable. Um, I have them at eight and four. You have them at nine and three. I think those are fine predictions. I've got I've got eight and four as well. Oh, I'm sorry. You have eight and four as well. Um, okay. We both have them at eight and four. I'm not touching the over-under of seven. Um, leave it alone. Yep. Yeah, totally leave that alone. I, I totally agree. Um. And number one, Clemson is uh, yeah, it's Clemson. I just ruined the surprise. Ah, it was a big surprise. Um, yeah, Clemson Tigers. I got them at twelve and zero, Mike, and I, I picked them on the uh, preview as eleven and one. Oh, actually, twelve and zero. I went twelve and zero. I, I actually, I'm gonna throw this caveat in here. So again, so I've got them at obviously eight and zero in conference. Um, I, I did this again with this whole big spreadsheet and and you know checking and balancing and making sure all the math works out. Blah 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 blah. I'm actually going to probably stick with my guns of 11 and one with Clemson um, that I I went with on the preview. I just, it's, it's that I can't pick which game they're going to lose. There's a couple of tricky ones here and there on the schedule. There are losable games, which has a different meaning, I guess, when you're talking about Clemson, but uh, I'm going to say 11 and one. I just don't know which one is going to be the one that they lose. And that's ultimately probably going to mess with my standings somehow, but uh, I'm gonna go, yeah, 11 and one with Clemson. Uh, although in my spreadsheet again, they're 12 and 0, and that, so I'll just say for the for the sake of mathematical accuracy, uh, you know, 12 and 0, 8 and 0. All right. Well, I'm sorry about your spreadsheet. Uh, <laughs> I have. Okay, I said on the preview, and you and John gave me hell for it. You and John McElhaney, who we had on from Shaking the Southland. I said on the preview that Clemson would go 12 and 0, 8 and 0. And I said I was going to set, you know, I said I was going out on the limb and saying they'd go undefeated. And um, I've since retracted that. Boo! I, uh, I got him at uh, 
I got him at six and okay, sorry. Yeah, I couldn't even say it. I couldn't even six say it. Six and six. Uh I, I could I I couldn't say it with a straight face. Um eleven and one, seven and one. Don't know which one they'll lose. Ooh, weak sauce, um, weak sauce. Eleven and one, seven and one. And they win the Atlantic. And their over under is at eleven, Joey. How do you feel about that? I I think in the spirit of all the other bets we've been talking about, I would bet the over and just Feel good that the worst I'm probably going to do is a push. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I we talked about this. Like there is not really a feasible path to ten and two with this team, unless. I, I mean, I, I would think that you have to go to Trevor Lawrence at quarterback and have some freshman moments that their defense somehow can't make up for, or something like that, to get to ten and two. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a. You know, this is yours for the taking if you're Clemson with what you've got on the roster and what you've got on the schedule and all that. So, um, 12 and 0, I, I think, is very much on the table. Uh, so, yeah, I would hit the uh, hit the 11 and feel pretty good about it. I'm going to give you one reason why you don't bet the over on this. Not that not that I bet the under. I'm just not going to touch it. But I'm going to give you one good reason. Okay, I'm curious. You okay. have my attention. Two years ago, what did Clemson do? They won the national title. That is correct. They only lost one game that year. You remember who that was against? That would be uh, your boy Matt Canada and his Pittsburgh Panthers. That is correct. Lost to Pittsburgh. Remember what almost happened against NC State? Uh, They damn near lost that game. They damn near lost that game. They were a missed field goal away from two losses and not even a national championship game appearance. That's Now they won, right? And Mm -hmm. everybody everybody wins. It's a valid point. That is the reason why even something that looks so surefire as a Clemson team going undefeated or one loss, and Clemson was loaded that year, and everybody was picking him to go to college football playoff, and everybody was picking him to go to a national championship, and they went, and they won. That is why you are very, very careful when you pick high win totals. 11 is a lot of wins, and Vegas is betting that a bunch of college kids will screw up which is a great bet to take. They're hedging their risk. I'm not touching it. That's fair. That's totally allowable. I mean, again, like you said, you're betting on a bunch of 18 to 22-year-olds and and a weird-shaped ball, as as Bill Conley likes to talk about. Um, I mean, yeah, as I look at it, if if I was going to bed the evening of, I believe it's September 8th, and I checked my phone and I saw that Clemson lost at Texas A&M, I, I would be surprised or shocked. It would not be one of those where I thought the app was broken. Correct. Um, and there's a few of those games on the schedule. Obviously, Florida State, you know, Louisville's got a little bit of something going. Boston College got a lot of hype. Like, NC State can score a bunch of points. They got a lot of ways to beat you on offense. Like, so it's – it's Georgia there Tech. Are, Georgia no. Tech. Yeah, I know. No, not I, I, want, I want to do it for you. <laughs> I look. The, the point is that there are there are opportunities to trip up, although they're pretty well called out and, and obvious. So Clemson should be able to avoid them. You know, if we're talking in terms of obstacle courses, because why not? Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right that it's it's not impossible, and it's not like a far fetched thing for them to uh, you know to lose a couple just on weird circumstance. And next thing you know, yeah, they went under eleven. So. Um, I, I would still lean over and feel decent about it, but you're right that it's probably not a not a smart way to spend your money. Yep. So Clemson winning the Atlantic, and by the way, the the bets that we feel good about here: Boston College over, Florida State over, 
And I think that's probably it. So we have four bets for the win totals that we feel pretty good about betting. Yeah, we're going over Florida State, over Boston College, over Georgia Tech, under Virginia Tech. Um, and then everyone else, it's kind of a, a hodgepodge. And I, I wouldn't feel great about any of them, but you know, I've, we've obviously given our opinions. Uh, Mike, we got Miami and Clemson in Charlotte. Who you got? Clemson by a lot. I got Clemson by a lot too. Okay. I, I'm I'm sticking. You know what, what I said about a Mark Richt team is I, I don't think Miami is. I don't think Miami is like a fully baked powerhouse yet. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of. Uh, it's like those pancakes that you pull off the griddle like a little too early, and there's still a little bit of dough and your you know batter or whatever inside. Which, by the way. That's my kind of pancake. I don't know about you, but I I, I love a, a like a mostly done pancake. Yeah, not bad. You know, but that's also not the the kind of thing that's going to win you a competition or anything. Just in the way that I don't think it's going to win Miami an ACC championship. Um, I don't know that it'll necessarily be as bad as it was last year in the conference championship game. But I, I'm with you. Conference champion surprise is the Clemson Tigers. Yeah. What, what was the final score last year? Either 38 to three or 35 to three. One of the two. Uh, was it three or did Miami score a touchdown at the very end or something? I mean, it it, it took it was, like 55 minutes for Miami to avoid the shutout. Let's put it yeah, that way. Yeah, it was bad. Um, I, I still think it's Clemson by multiple touchdowns, like two or three scores probably. Um, Comfortably. Clearly, yeah. It, I don't think it'll be very competitive. I, I mean, I think – I don't think Miami will necessarily step in it like they did last year, but I think Clemson will – exert their will let's put it that way if i today gave you clemson minus 17 in the acc championship are you are you betting them to cover 17 oh Ooh. against and that doesn't even de- depend on who they're playing it could be against anybody in the coastal yeah uh, yeah uh yeah okay clemson i think I, I think i would clemson by three touch yeah i think i'd take that I don't know if there's anybody in the Coastal that I, I think would put up that kind of a fight against Clemson. My, Miami is, is the only hope out of the Coastal to even compete with Clemson. That's, yeah. that's the only hope out of the Coastal, and I don't think Miami's chances are very good. So, Mm-mm. anyway, Clemson. Yep, so go bet Clemson. I'm guessing that's like minus 500 or something to win the ACC. Not I think it was at one point. No bang for your buck. None. No bang for your buck. Mike, who's your offensive player of the year in the ACC this year? Okay. Well, I told you it was going to be one person, and I thought a little bit more about it, and I think it's going to be another person. So let me Uh-oh. let me tell let me tell everybody who my original uh, player of the year was that I have written down on my piece of paper. Here you go. Um, my offensive player of the year that I have written down is A.J. Dillon of Boston College. Um, I think he could be a 17 or 1,800-yard rusher. Um, he could be really outstanding. Um, the only thing about that is if Boston college goes seven and five, like I have written down for them here, there's no way AJ Dillon wins offensive player of the year. So my pick for offensive player of the year is Travis Etienne from Clemson. Oh, and all right. Cause I think Clemson is going to be very good. Travis Etienne is going to break out at running back. I, I know they have a couple couple different guys that can give the ball to in the backfield, but I think Travis Etienne is outstanding. Uh, I think he's going to get more touches this year and a little bit heavier workload, and I think he is your offensive player of the year. I typed a name in our chat window here, and I, I was trying to call my shot on who I thought was going to be your pick. It was a name that was, popped up to me. 
It was a great guess. Yeah, I thought you were going to go uh, DeAndre Francois here, uh, but no, Travis Etienne. All right, that's an interesting pick. Um, I, I have my only problem with that is I think Clemson's got enough of a stable of backs and, and offensive skill players that he may not get enough of the load to like really pull away on that. Fair argument against it. Um, my offensive player of the year, I, I've kind of ref- maybe alluded to this a little bit, is I think what NC State's offense is going to be capable of this year, bringing back uh, a lot of their receiving talent and just really generally being able to score a lot of points. I'm going to pick Ryan Finley as my offensive player of the year. Um, as I continue my trend of picking like, you know, middle of the Atlantic quarterbacks for my uh, player of the year. Last year I took Eric Dungey and it went okay, but um, not really. Uh, I'm going to go Ryan Finley. I'm, I'm going to feel okay about that. I, I, I can see DeAndre Francois. I mean, I, I think he, if he comes back and improves on his freshman year, so that would be two years ago when he led Florida State to the ACC uh, championship. No, 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 he didn't. He led him to the Orange Bowl. Um, I mean, he looked really good all year. And again, building on that, coming back for a second full season after missing last year with an injury, I think he could be really good. But I think my pick is going to be Ryan Finley. Um, defensively, Mike, there, we said that there's like a couple of ways you could handle this. My strategy was go pull up Clemson's defense and basically close your eyes and point at someone on the defensive line. And I'm going with Christian Wilkins. Oh, good. Good pick. Yeah, it's probably – I'm guessing it actually could be a similar situation to what I said for Etienne where, you know, if, if Wilkins ends up with six sacks and, uh, you know, Austin Bryant and, you know, Cleveland Farrell and a couple of these guys end up with like seven or five, you know, it's like nobody sticks out enough to win it. So who's, who's, who's to say? But I'm going to go Christian Wilkins here. Ironically enough, the reason why I didn't pick the Clemson defensive line is because I was like, oh, well, they got too many good guys, which is weird because I just picked Travis Etienne and they got like a bunch of running backs at Clemson. So <laughs> logic. Um, I picked Joe Giles Harris from Duke. Um, mm. He had 125 tackles last year, led the team by a lot. Uh, he's going into his junior year. He has over 230 tackles since he arrived at Duke. Uh very quietly, if you're not an ACC fan, but if you are an ACC fan, Joe Giles Harris is must-see TV when he plays at Duke. Um, so if you're looking for one guy to watch or, or looking for a reason to watch Duke games, uh, watch it when their defense is on the field because Joe Giles Harris is outstanding. Um, he's NFL. T- he's got NFL talent written all over him. Uh, this is probably his last year at Duke because, uh, you know, they don't grow 200 and 230 tackle players on trees uh, in two seasons. So. Uh, Shoe in for the NFL draft. I'd be surprised if he lasts much longer in this year there at Duke. So uh, Joe Giles Harris is my pick. Can I give you like a super dark horse answer here? You know, just someone to keep an eye on and consider. I like dark horses. Uh, And he actually plays for a team that has a dark horse as a mascot. That would be Jordan Mack. Um, Linebacker, maybe a little bit of a hybrid safety for Virginia. Um, Was a sophomore last year, was fifth in the conference in tackles. Um, was third on the team as his teammates Micah Kaiser and Quinn Blanding led the ACC with a combined like six million tackles. But Jordan Mack, 114 tackles last year, and uh, you know having to step up and replace Micah Kaiser, Quinn Blanding. Keep an eye on him; he could be really good. Can I pick a uh, dark horse offensive player real quick? Of course, Eric Dungey. I'm just, I'm just oh kidding. yeah. All aboard the Dungey Express. Let's I, go. After after last year and your pick being Eric Dungey, and I loved the pick, by the way, last year, mm-hmm. I had to do it. I had to do it. Hey, 
he hasn't stayed healthy past like November 7th in his three years at quarterback for Syracuse, this is the year. I was going to say, can he be like the September offensive player of the year? I know. I know. God. He, he's really good when healthy, so let, let's hope that at the very least he can stay on the field. Love you, Eric. Coach of the year, Mike, who you got? Uh, well, I have Florida State going nine and three. So my offense, my, my offensive player of the year, my coach of the year is Willie Taggart. Damn it. You thief. I know. Yeah. I'm with you. Willie Taggart. I, I think that the kind of jump that I think I'm more banging, uh, banking on Florida state's upside. here. I'm, I'm banging on it. I'm banging on the upside, Mike. Um, now I think the fact that Florida state could very feasibly go nine and three, 10 and two, Talking about the jump that that would be from last year, I'm guessing that would involve a, an exciting win or two in there, this kind of thing. I think there could be enough hype for Willie Taggart to win Coach of the Year. Um, so you and I both going there. Um, another one I thought about, and it, again, another one where I'm really banking on upside would be Georgia Tech. If Georgia Tech went like 9-3 and three or something, and especially if that meant that they won the Coastal Division after going 5-6 and six last year, I could see Paul Johnson getting Coach of the Year. Um or, you know, if it's not one of those two, I, I'm, yeah, it's Dabo or Mark Ricks. If they go, if Clemson goes undefeated, it's going to be Dabo. I mean, it's, yeah, you know, it, I, I don't yeah. care how much, I don't care how much talent you have. Like if, if you go undefeated in college football in the regular season, your coach is the coach of the year by default. So That's very true. Yeah. So safe, safe pick here is probably Dabo. But if Clemson loses a game and a couple teams have, you know, hit their peak on the upside, maybe it's Paul Johnson, maybe it's Willie Taggart. Something like that. Yeah. Maybe maybe Mark Richt. I mean, I you know, there are just a couple names throughout there. It's on the table. It's on the table. Uh Mike, we gotta uh we gotta bring back the uh the ATC picks of the week segment. We got Let's a special edition. Let's do it. We've got a, a college football win total ACC picks of the week segment. We we talked through all 14 teams win totals. Uh we gave you that our, our four primary picks being again Georgia Tech over, Virginia Tech under. Uh, Florida State over, Boston College over. Would you care to make a pick of the week on which team is going to most likely um, win? Well, let's just say that you know the, the favorite bet that you have of these picks of the week. And actually, before we do, I think we need to flip a coin to see who goes first because this oh, okay. order it's, matters here. Order, order does matter because our favorite pick is the same pick. Uh, so we need to flip the coin. There we go. All right, let's do this. I'm going to, uh, just so that everybody can, can hear, we're going to, uh, bring in a special guest to do this. Siri, flip a coin. It's heads this time. Mike, what did you call? Uh, I called tails, I guess. All right, I'll start. <laughs> Scientific. How about that? That's right. Yeah. Right. We're making it up. Yep. Uh, my pick of the week here, I'm guessing Boston college over five and a half. Ah, damn it. Is that your pick? Yeah, that's probably your pick. Indeed, it was. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Boston College over five and a half. Um, I think bowl eligibility has got to be like the floor with that team. I, I am still dumbfounded at how that number is what it is. I think in some places, if you're looking for it now, it's probably at six. And even then, I would still go over um, with the thought that I think the worst you're going to do is push. But um, yeah, give me Boston College over five and a half. Uh, which means by default, I get the second best one, which is Georgia Tech over five and a half. Woohoo! Okay, that was hard. We could trade. Okay, uh, I'll take Boston College over five and a half. Deal. I got Georgia Tech over five and a half. Since okay. you actually, I think you won the coin flip. So okay, um, well, we'll take those two. 
the fun thing about coin flips is you're supposed to pick before you flip the coin. Yeah. And that's kind of the part that I forgot about there. So yes. And I intentionally picked the losing one for some reason. That was dumb. <laughs> um, yeah. So, all right. So you got Boston college over five and a half. I got Georgia tech over five and a half. Um, those teams should both be in bowl season at the very worst. I, I, I will be shocked if one of those teams is not a bowl team this year. Boston College would be like a massive cratering as compared to what we've talked about all offseason. So um, I think it's I think it's there. So yeah, they got yeah. if they hit, if they hit under six wins, like they got Leffler big time. Ooh, that, that's a good one. Yes, you got Leffler. It's like yes. you got Moss, but yes, like but a lack of offense. Yeah, yeah, but with a lack of offense, exactly. Oh, uh, we threw the ball too much when we have a potential two thousand yard rusher in our backfield. Um, you Run the dang ball. Also known as you got Jimboed. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, there are a couple of coaches who don't give the ball to a running back. So, yeah. We'll see what a tradition unlike any other. Yeah, support Dalvin Cook. Uh, Mike, who are, your, uh, who are your playoff teams? I'm assuming we're going Clemson here since they're going to be, you know, 12 and 1 at worst, we're saying. So, I'm, I'm assuming that gets Clemson in, right? Uh, yeah, Clemson's in. Are you going with the default SEC champion with a, a crimson A as their logo? Correct. Um, I, I am. And I think the loser of the SEC championship with one loss is also going to get in. Ooh. That Georgia? Team is, that team is Georgia. Even with a lot of losses on both mm-hmm. sides of the football, I think Georgia's loaded because they have a lot of young talent. So you Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. To hell with Georgia, Joey. That's right. To hell with Georgia. To hell with Georgia. I'm doing you a solid. I'm not picking Virginia to go to the playoff. Damn. Ah, well, you you didn't pick him to go to a bowl game. Because <laughs> no. that's, that's almost as bad. I got Virginia at three and nine. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, good. Good. Okay. You pick him to go to a bowl game is almost just as bad. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Serious Virginia shade. Oh, my God. All right. Um, so you got Alabama, Georgia, Clemson. And I have Washington coming out of the Pac-12. I have the Big Ten getting shut out of the playoff, and I think the Big Ten is the best conference in the country. Interesting. Uh, I, I think they're the best conference in the country. Uh, I know we're an ACC football podcast, and the conference has something to say about that. I think the Big Ten's the most talented, and I think the problem is it's going to be survival of the fittest and basically just pure cannibalism in the entire conference. You're going to have Ohio State, and Penn State and Wisconsin and Michigan State and Michigan and they're all going to be good and they're all going to have two losses and none of them are getting in. So I I'm with you on uh, let me count three of these. I I'm with you on Alabama, Clemson, Washington. Nice, not Georgia, not Georgia. I and I am so first of all I think that a second straight year of multiple SEC teams making the playoff and therefore multiple Power Five conferences getting shut out of the playoff. Would be one of these things like the 2011 or 2012 national championship game that was Alabama LSU, um, where it kind of accelerates, you know, pretty major changes in college football. I don't think we're going to get that a second year in a row. Uh, I am not shutting out the Big Ten this year, Mike. My playoff four is Alabama, Clemson, Washington, and Penn Wisconsin. State. Oh, okay. Wisconsin. I got the Badgers. Uh, they got a couple of brutal road trips at Michigan, at Penn State, but those are like a month apart. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin, I think Wisconsin can and will be really good this year. Wisconsin's, um, Wisconsin's loaded. That is a brutal schedule, but I like yeah. Wisconsin a lot. 
their offensive line is big and bad. They got Jonathan Taylor running behind them. They bring back uh, their quarterback, Alex Hornibrook. Um, their def- their defense has always been really good. Um, I I think Wisconsin is going to be really good. I think their schedule is conducive to m- making a playoff run here. The biggest concern, I, I would imagine they're like an 11-1 and regular season in team, meaning kind of as you alluded to, your biggest concern now becomes the Big Ten championship game. Um, does a two-loss Big Ten champion get in over a, a one- or two-loss SEC runner-up? Maybe, maybe not. Who's to say? Um, but, yeah, I'm going with Wisconsin in the playoff for once, you know, at least for once, making it in, as, as a lot of people have kind of been wanting them to, I think. And there goes another year where my Notre Dame fighting Irish are not in the playoff. Yep. All right. Sounds about right. Uh, <laughs> national championship picks go. What the hell, Clemson? Yeah. Okay. Me too. Uh, Clemson over Alabama is what I got. Yeah. I'm curious to see. I'm I'm curious to see where Alabama goes over the next couple of years. I'm wondering if last year was maybe the end of Alabama's peak. Um, hey, I'm I'm not calling their demise. No, uh, and I'm not either. But so the thing that, that really sticks out to me is that they have had massive staff turnover like two years in a row. It's started to cost them a little bit in recruiting. Um, it seems like the talent edge might not be quite where it once was. Is, is this the is this the Bill Connolly, Stephen Godfrey? Oh, one of the assistants has to get him. Um, no, not as much. I mean, it's look. There's been a lot of talk about what Kirby Smart's building at Georgia, and I do think that Georgia's starting to sell their souls to be really good at football. Um, which you know that's y'all's thing, not mine. But. To me, it's there was a recruiting advantage this year for Georgia because of, you know, A, they're good at recruiting, but B, there were a lot of external factors at play. Part of that is Alabama staff turnover, not to mention that Tennessee didn't have a coach, Florida didn't have a coach, Florida State didn't have a coach, um, you know, all this. So it's – I don't think that Georgia is necessarily going to be uh, um, this – overnight dominant program that some people are thinking they will be in, uh, after the last 12 months. But I do think that the distance between Alabama and the field is, is closing. We'll say that. Um, I think that they, they will be a, a little more down to earth over the next couple of years. And, and we'll see if that then results in, you know, a, a closing of the window for them, uh, at least in the Nick Saban era. Uh, okay. So you disagree then? <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't like. I, I agree with everything you just said. Actually, like I, all valid points. I'm just not going to be the one to call it. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's one of those things. It's one of those things I'm dealing with um, as a Patriots fan with Tom Brady. It's like, hey, <laughs> if you want to bet, bet against him and Belichick, like be my guest. It's, it's one of those like, I have a hard time. I have a hard time betting against Saban. I do. Um, but everything you just said is a completely fair and valid point. So I disagree only because I don't want to be the one to uh, to call it and be wrong, I guess. I mean, historically, I, I, betting against Saban has not been a profitable. I, I have endeavor. too much pride. I have too much pride, Joey. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm not going to be the one to call it, but I, I agree with everything you just said. So I think you have some valid points there. And I'm not calling them. Like I just said, they're going to make the playoff and <laughs> I know they'll make I the know. national title game. Like it's, it's all, rel- it's all relative. I mean, it really is. It's all relative. 
but I think they would win the coastal division if you know if that's what you're asking. Like, me, me too. You know, for what that's worth. Um, Are you picking Virginia to go to a bowl game? <laughs> I, I won't go that far, but yeah. you know, that's that's where I'm at. I, I think this is uh, winnable for Clemson. I got them over Alabama in the title game. I'm with you. Um, I I. I for the love, I want to watch Wisconsin make a run, though. I think that would be really fun to watch. I I love Jonathan Taylor too, and I love me some Paul Christ, mm-hmm. uh, former ACC coach Paul Christ. Yeah, sorry Pittsburgh fans. Um, real quick before we close it out, uh, how many bowl teams you got in the ACC? Just count down your uh, win loss here. Bowl teams. Uh, I've got Miami, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh, Duke, North Carolina, Clemson, NC State, Florida State, Boston College, Louisville. That so I've got eleven. 11. I also have 11. Um, Clemson, Miami, Florida State, Virginia Tech, NC State, Georgia Tech, BC, Duke, Louisville, Pitt, and Wake Forest. I do not have Virginia, North Carolina, or Syracuse. They're being shot out this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Virginia and Syracuse. I've got Wake Forest missing a bowl as well. Um, I, I do have an UNC in a bowl game. Coin flip. Yeah, totally. I, I, and like we said, I mean, I think there's a pretty big jumble of teams in that, like, roughly five and seven to seven and five range. And it's just going to depend on who has the ball last in eight different games. So pretty thorough preview. We were going to pick freshman of the year too, but like uh, too many variables, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I was going to say, just, just go with Trevor Lawrence and let's get yeah. the hell out of here. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, um, I, I don't even know who else I would pick. Um, I know that Pitt had a really good corner whose name is escaping me right now. Um, I want to say it was something Ford. Um, so that could be someone to look at if he comes away with like six interceptions or something like that. Um, Justin Ross from Clemson that John McElhaney was pumping up, true freshman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could happen. You never know. T. Higgins, is he a freshman? Um, no, maybe. No, no, I don't think he is. I don't think he is either. He might be sophomore. I don't remember. Yeah, the ACC podcast. Yeah. Yeah, this has been a really good preview. Um, very thorough. Like I said, bookmark this if you want to uh, tell us how wrong we were at the end of the year. You're, you're welcome to do that. Mike, uh, anything else before we get out of here? That about covers it. And you're back to do the whole dismount at the end of the podcast, which if you listen to North Carolina and Duke dismounts there at the end, uh, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> and we'll just, we'll just leave that there. Joey's back now, so it'll be okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, look, it, it's like riding a bike for me. I, I just, it's like muscle memory at this point, the whole thing. So, you know, don't worry. It'll, it'll come to you. You'll get it. And, and for me, it was like riding a unicycle, like <laughs> it, 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 opposite of riding a bike. It wasn't good. Fair enough. All right, Mike. Well, we got to get out of here. Uh, we got a week one preview. We got to do. This is it. We this made it. it. Week one. Week one. Uh, it'll be dropping Wednesday at noon. Uh, Wednesday at noon before games start Thursday evening. So you'll be uh, all primed and ready to go for uh, our actual week one that starts Thursday night. Um, in the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB. And together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Uh, you can send us an email to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. There's a lot of people that actually tell me that's like one of their favorite parts of the show is how that's like, I just like, Smooth like butter, just nail it and yeah, uh, yeah. It. yes. And then and then I tell you, it's yeah, just, yeah. Anyway, I appreciate that. Uh, really boosting my self esteem over here, uh, Mike. They can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Overcast. You know, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. Uh, Mike, tell them where else they can find us on the social medias. 
Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate and review. Find most of the podcasts there. Also, rate and review us on iTunes, please. Please do that. Please do. And you guys have been doing a great job of it. We really appreciate it. They have. Yeah, big help. Big, big help. Thank you. Uh, You can go find us on YouTube, too, if you want. Uh, You know, you can check out how empty my beer has gotten throughout this show. So, you know, it's something you can look at. And you can check out this uh, tree behind me that's lit up with Christmas lights. Hey, tis the season. Yes. Uh, Christmas is in the air. Tis the season. Mike, you want to come back and preview week one? Yes, week one. Finally, the offseason is over. Like We made it. We made made it. it. (sighs) Feels good. Feels good. All right. Love you guys. We'll be back soon. Uh, For Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Until next time, go ACC.